0: Street. Oh, you can't make me choose.
1: I go by Toyota and sponsors T4. Fuck
0: me, Lee Ryan's 13. I remember we couldn't remember the word for table.
1: This is You're Welcome America, the podcast that explains what the bloody hell Brits are banging on about. In every episode, we translate British pop culture for America and American pop culture for Britain.
0: You're, You're Welcome.
2: welcome. Hi, babes. Hi, babes. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I am fab I was actually telling you uh, earlier on today that I couldn't remember what I did last night. And I told you I watched Alien vs. Predator. I've yeah. just remembered I watched The Net.
0: Oh, of course Duh. you did. I watched
2: The Net. Sandra Bullock's finest piece of work.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, next to Demolition Man. Next,
2: The two things, they, they kind of they're they're more of a kind of companion piece those two movies aren't they even though they don't pl- take place in the same time frame
1: but technology future
2: highlights include from the net um her ordering pizza from pizza.net yeah my favorite website um, there was a lot of floppy disk work as we've discussed previously and a really strange segment in the middle that i completely forgot about where she goes to prison <laughs> oh i
0: don't <laughs> which remember which is that. in jail
2: which i didn't didn't remember like fully in
1: prison don't remember that at all no. does does she break out by like decoding the security system or something it's not as good as that oh someone just comes and gets her out with <laughs> <for> a <laughs> giant clunky
2: key yeah oh. so that was a little disappointing there was a lot more uh kind of chases and car chases and, and gunfights than i remember being in it i thought there was a lot more computer work
1: actually quite light on the computer work weirdly that movie there's that moment at the end i think someone's run chasing with a with a floppy disk or a USB stick or something, and they're kind of like running with it, and you can hear them sort of like clang the, the plastic, and then they get to the computer, and are like, oh, I'm just going to put this in.
2: Well, it's definitely a, it's definitely a floppy disk, and there, yeah, there's a moment where she's panicking so much trying to put the floppy disk into the computer
1: that
2: she deli- they deliberately show her not being able to put it in because she's <laughs> yeah. like so panicked. It was great. It's a good movie. Angela Bennett. That's right. And, <laughs> and then what's, her fake, oh, what's the fake name that they give her? Ruth Marks.
1: <laughs> sure. Mozart's ghost. Yep. So uh, what do you do? Well, talking of technology, mm. Friday evening, I drove to a parking lot. Okay. In that parking lot was a van. <laughs> the side of the van had like one of those curtains that you like pull across. <laughs> okay. I opened that curtain. I went in and I lay down inside of that van on top of an electronic device. <laughs> what are you talking about? I had a body scan. <laughs> In a van, yeah, like a fitness body scan. <laughs> Have you ever had one of these? You're you're mocking me, and yet I know it after we're done recording, you're going to look this up and you're yeah, going to do of it. Of course, yeah. it's the van of it all that I'm that is making me laugh. Well, it's very it's kind of COVID safe because you've got you're wearing a mask as one other person, and you've got the side of this van open, and <laughs> it's in the parking lot. But before COVID, it was like this as well. Right. So a year ago, I had one of these done, and I bought two credits and forgot, and then COVID happened, and then. You know, it came up again. I was like, "I'll do it." In fact, when I went in, the lady who was running. It was like, "So you haven't been for a year? What's been going on?" I'm like, "Well, I think you know what's been going on. I've been stuff I've been, has happened. I've been busy. Yeah. So I had a body scan. Okay. What okay. are they
2: scanning for?
1: Um, for um, oh, just everything. <laughs> So I say that because I'm looking at the scan thing they sent me and a lot of it is just charts and numbers and colors. I'm like, (laughs) oh, don't know, but I'm glad I did it. (laughs) It's like fat tissue, lean tissue, bone mineral content, Mm. all that kind of stuff. And Mm. they have got that great talking of the net. They've got that kind of great X-ray image of you where the green is the lean tissue, then the red's the fat. Okay. So that's kind of fun.
2: Oh, lovely. Um, and what's the verdict just in general? What's the overall? Do they give you like a grading?
1: You like, they're like, oh, you're a, a C. Your body's a C. You're like, oh, you're in the magenta range. <laughs> the the main thing is better than a year ago. Oh, great. Less fat and more lean body tissue. Well, congrats. I know. So I'll tell you, lady who's running the van, I've been busy this year. <laughs> Um, although my, my color like printout does make me look like I have very stumpy legs. And to be honest, I do. So that's fine. Very stumpy legs. And there's definitely some like red color splurges around the waist and the buttock area. Well, I mean. What do you, what do you mean? I don't know. <laughs> also the earlobes. Ear oh. I, I think I've got fat earlobes. you have fatty
2: little earlobes. Yeah. I'm looking at them now, they don't, they don't appear to be
1: chunky at all. They look very streamlined to me. That's kind of you, but I don't trust you because your eyes don't have a scanning capability. That's true. You're Although, not
2: Robocop. All right, listen, listen to me with those fatty little earlobes. I've okay. got something to talk to you about. So, included in my care package that we talked about in the last episode is a heat magazine. Oh. And I thought um, I would just read you a few little extracts from it. I'm going to play a little game with you here and see if you can guess, uh, do a little guessing game. Wait, I'm distracted by Taurus of the Week. Who is that? Uh, that is Gwyneth Paltrow's boyfriend. All
1: oh, right, I have not heard of him.
2: Brad Foltruk. Okay. So this is called quote unquote, and this is a page of quotes from some UK celebs. I'm going to read, the, read you the quote, and I'm going to see if you can guess the celebrity. I'll mm-hmm. start with an easy one. Lockdown has turned me into a demented housewife, 47 jars of marmalade nestling in my larder, and another sack of Seville oranges await me. Give me a clue. We've talked about her recently
1: oh that does not help that could be so many people is it um fucking stacy solomon
2: no as in we talked about her on the show oh
1: elizabeth yes elizabeth
2: <laughs> so formal elizabeth um that's elizabeth thank you this is a great one this one's full of clues i keep saying i won't watch anymore news but here i am with it on again <laughs> I'll just give you that one for free. That's Pixie lot. <laughs> Basically, every single person on this page is someone we've talked about. And then one final one. This is also filled with clues. You're definitely going to get this one. Over the years, I was sliced, diced, cremated, crushed and decapitated. As Debbie McGee talking about her act with Paul Daniels.
1: Oh,
2: <laughs> lovely. Really enjoyed that page. And then. How uh, is Heat
1: Magazine, like the, the print copy of Heat Magazine in 2021? How is it?
2: Great. I really enjoyed this article here about Maura from um, Love Island. I've Talky- had lunch with her. You talk- know that story. I do. <laughs> talking about her fake tan range. And I just want to show you the picture of her promo picture for the fake tan. Um- don't,
1: don't, say, don't say anything. Just show me. Uh oh. Uh <laughs> oh oh, we're,
2: we're really veering into some quite problematic territory yes. here aren't we especially yes. because in the interview she says I'm the palest person in the world and I'm like well that picture that person ain't pale that person might be mm. Mm. just really enjoyed this article about Sam Fez from the Anyways Esthetics going on a secret holiday
1: what secret as in like because of she doesn't want the world to know because of Covid
2: yeah so she went to mm-hmm. hang on here we are so I'll just read you some little excerpts <clears throat> She spent the past year urging her fans to keep positive and stay at home during the the global pandemic. But Sam Fares found herself on the firing line last week after it was reported that she'd secretly flown to the Maldives to celebrate her 30th birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Apparent disregard for the rules saw her branded a disgrace and shameless. Sam was reportedly caught out after she kept a low profile on Instagram over her birthday and New Year's because normally she posts lots of stories and things so she didn't post anything. And then this is my favourite part. And the quieter she was, the more her Instagram followers started to question her whereabouts, especially when her, especially when Paul's mum Gaynor, commented on a picture appearing to tell them to enjoy their holiday, which was later deleted. <laughs> oh, Gaynor, enjoy, you fucked it up.
1: Enjoy your hollybobs.
2: <laughs> but you know, if anyone's worried about Sam, she's doing good. She posted a picture of herself on Instagram, sitting at her desk, saying, uh, "Working from home for the foreseeable." so she's back
1: <laughs> foreseeable uh sam's all right for some because you managed to get away yeah should be working for prison sam <laughs> and when we say prison we don't mean an all-inclusive resort in the maldives
2: <laughs> so yeah i just really enjoyed that and there's just lots of yeah lots of great stuff in this magazine but those are just some of the highlights for you let me just uh
1: did you quick question did you snack on anything while reading this mag well
2: i had a little curly whirly while we i read a bit it. chalky.
1: And just, and a mag. Oh, also,
2: just to let you know, these these two things: that at Sainsbury's, uh, it's two pounds sixty for some five percent beef mince, and um, the uh, chicken breast fillets are only one pound 300 grams. Five percent
1: or five percent fat beef mince? I thought it was mince that was only five percent beef, and I was like, oh, not sure about that. <laughs> oh, oh, and oh a, uh, a prawn, a fisherman king prawn. How much is that? Uh, one seventy per one hundred and forty grams. That's a lot of maths going on there. <laughs> also, like a fisherman king prawn. What does that mean? It's coming from the. <laughs> huh? That
2: picture looks horrible. <laughs> oh, I hate prawns. So, yeah, that's news from the UK.
1: That's lovely. Right, before we get into feedback in the rest of the episode, we should say what this show is all about, shouldn't mm. we? In every episode, we take a British topic, something from pop culture, discuss, dissect, dice it. Oh, much like you do with a bit of beef. <laughs> and you work out the US equivalent And we do the same for a US pop culture topic Before we get into that Shall we do some feedback? Yes
0: All
2: right, So I've got a bit of feedback From our friend uh, Crystal From Drag Race UK Season 1 uh, This is a comment on the Super Bowl Halftime show episode And Crystal says I'm obligated as a Madonna stan To tell you that she pulled a hamstring During that performance And uh Wait, she pulled it during the performance. During the performance, yes. Or,
1: or she had it and she d- did the performance. She pulled it
2: during the performance. Right. Okay. I don't know what exact what moment that happened. It must have been before the end. When what was written on the floor at the end? World peace.
1: Mm. <laughs> that worked out. That
2: worked out well. Yeah, nice one, Madonna. And then podcast nemesis Michael chipped in at this point. But he did. And he said, "I came to make this exact same comment." He said, "A lesser pop star would have cancelled, but she's the queen of resilience." I. L-U-V, that Madonna performance. See what I did?
1: Hang on, though. If she pulled it during the performance, she couldn't just cancel. She couldn't just like halt the performance, Hubble put off. her hand up and say, <laughs> do you know what? Just come back in a few weeks. We'll do it then. So actually, I'm just going to avoid what podcast nemesis Michael has written there.
2: Okay. Um, Michael also comes at me directly here just saying that me not mentioning Taylor Swift as a dream Super Bowl performance is... Three snake emojis energy. So I've been dropped.
1: Okay, I've had some feedback from Tom in London. So he said, some feedback on Lorraine Kelly for you. Her friend of the gay's status... Status or status? What do you say? Status. Status. Her friend of the gay's status may have begun after she had that illustrious... Well, she had the illustrious honour of reporting the results of the United Kingdom Eurovision jury via live video link in not one... Not two, but three consecutive years. 2003 to <laughs> 2005. Great years. Great years. Was that Javine years? Maybe. Mm. Precious? Or were they 2001? They were 2001. They were early 2000s. They might have been <laughs> 2000, actually. Yeah. They were very much dressed in silver, like it was like mm. the millennium.
2: Oh, I mean, also from that song, never forget the best moment. The say it, say it, say it drop. say it, say it, say it,
1: say it. Say it. Say it again, <laughs> say yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Barry's Boot Camp in London where you can go get class with Anya, who used to be in Precious. Ugh. And whenever I'd go to her class, I would just always like text her in advance and like request a Precious song. And she did play me once um, like a club mix of R- Rewind. Ugh. Take it
2: back in time. Love that song. Take it back in time. Rewind. Rewind.
1: Okay, we've also had something else come in. Okay. This is i don't know if you've noticed as i've started talking it's got a little bit chilly in here it's got a little bit damp oh what see, is it? do you see the clouds just forming in the distance oh yeah the thunder's coming unusual
2: for la but yeah what's yeah. happening yeah
1: podcast nemesis michael has got in touch yet again he oh. is uh away right now and he's just sent us a little message so let's have a listen
0: hey guys podcast nemesis michael here um I am on day five of a five-day quarantine in a hotel in Lake Tahoe, California, right now. Um, I'm here for work, and since I'm doing fuck all else, <laughs> I thought I would. I thought I would send you guys a little message and kind of tell you about Lake Tahoe and what I think the UK equivalent is. So basically, Lake Tahoe is like an alpine lake resort in Northern California. It's really beautiful. There's like skiing here in the summer. There's water sports. Um, and what makes it unique is it's on the border of California and Nevada. So basically one half of it is kind of like what you'd imagine, like a pretty resort. Um, and the other half of it is Nevada and it has like giant high rise casinos. Like there's a humongous Harrah's and everyone's gambling and smoking and like, it's gross. But it's, it's really interesting. Um, it, it, I've never been here before and it kind of made me think of a few places. Um, first of all, it kind of, it basically, if it was to be perfectly like what it was in england it would be if blackpool wasn't on the sea but if blackpool were on lake windermere in the um in the lake district that's basically what lake tahoe is um but i think a more perfect kind of comparison to be honest it, it's not in the uk but it may as well be the uk um is ibiza because in ibiza which again i've never been to but basically, there's the, the nice side of the island where everyone, like, goes and runs beautiful villas and, like, acts like an adult. And then there's the garbage side of the island where everyone goes to clubs and takes shitloads of drugs. And I feel like this is kind of the equivalent. So anyway, those are my thoughts. I am going to go back to watching The Lost World on cable. Talk to you soon. You're welcome.
1: Wow! So just a little field report from, the, from Lake Tahoe from Podcast Nemesis and Michael there. A
2: little missive from, uh, from the, the darkness of Lake Tahoe. Mm. Watching The Lost World on cable as well. Great. Dr. Sarah Harding. Dr. SH having a good time.
1: I've never been to Lake Tahoe. Uh, we almost went last summer on a road trip with the fires, but the fires... Yeah. Um. I was wondering if it was going to be similar to Aviemore in Scotland, uh, which is like the, the very strange ski resort in Scotland. Okay. But I I don't think there's enough trashiness there. So I do like his comparison.
2: I I love the idea of being on Lake Windermere and then suddenly see on the other side of the lake seeing like the big the big one roller coaster of Blackpool looming over.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, like one side of the lake is just all really tranquil yeah. and gorgeous, and then you get your boat over to the other one yeah. for like a trashy time. We if that was the case, Case, we would go and we'd be like staying in the nice being like Oh my god, it's so trash! It's so trash. Should we go in the but Okay, yeah, we'll just go. Well, do you know why? We just go for one drink. Okay, we'll go for one drink and oh. then we'd go and have the best time ever. Of
2: course, of course.
1: Yeah, we, you know, we love we are trash. We love trash. Yeah, <laughs> so thank you very much, Podcast Nemesis Michael, and thank you for all your other feedback, people. We'd love to hear from you. Keep it coming.
2: And we're back. And first up with our American topic, what do you got for us, babes?
1: So, I don't know about you, but I was hungry this morning, but I am hungry no more. (laughs) And that is because we took a trip, a field trip, Mm. on this Valentine's Day. (laughs) Yes. Very romantic trip for the two of us. We went to the International House of Pancakes, also known as IHOP. (laughs) Yeah, we did. We sure did. Okay. IHOP. Let's talk about it. Let's do it. So it was... Well, I should tell everyone what it is in case they don't know. It's essentially a diner with a pancake focus. But much like everything in the US, that focus has a lot of concentric rings around that focus. (laughs) And you could go there and order anything you want. It's unfocused. Unfocused. (laughs) The unfocused house of pancakes. So... This chain was started in 1958 in LA in Toluca Lake. Oh, I really like saying Toluca, Toluca Lake. Lake. Toluca. There are definitely some, when I'm driving around LA, there are some places, as soon as I see their name, uh, like on a like a, a road sign, I, I say it out loud yes. in different ways. Toluca Lake's one. Orancho yep. um, uh, Cucamonga. Of course, of course. Someone infected my brain, and whenever I say Van Eyes I say it like Borat and I say it Van as if I'm saying very, very nice. <laughs> that's which is, awful. It's horrible, but you will do it forever nice. Yes. But um, well, actually,
2: I've, Van Nuys has been ruined for me because there's a local advert for a locksmith and it's called Keys on Van Nuys. And they <laughs> um, they do it to the tune of that Beach Boys song. And it goes, keys, 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 keys on Van Nuys. Keys, keys, keys. So that's how I, when I see Van Nuys, I hear that in my head. Oh, lovely. This is future Fraser, Um Keys on Van Nuys is a car dealership, apparently, on further research. Um, But, you know, what are they going to do? Sue me. Please don't sue us. We don't make any money from this podcast. Okay, who cares?
1: Bye. My other one is Azusa. And whenever I see it, I'll be by myself in the car. And I'll just go, Azusa. Yeah, I've done that with you too. Anyway, IHOP was started in Toluca Lake in 1958. And then really looking at the history of it, Very early on, uh, they franchised it out, Mm -hmm. and they really went very heavy on the business side of things. It seems to have been floated on the stock exchange about three separate times, like in quite early years. Fine. Whatever. Yes. Um, (laughs) I know what that means. What do you mean?
2: I don't know what floated on the stock exchange means. Have you not been part of, like, the stock exchange revolution recently? I didn't understand any of it, so I chose not to take any of the information in.
1: You're wise, because I actually bought three shares in GameStock. Just three. (sighs) Um, and that money's not coming back. So one of the things in the early years was every uh, franchise was built with an A-frame structure. Yes. So quite literally, if you think of the letter A, just for, for non-architecture fans out there, I don't feel like you have A-frame houses in the UK much, do you? No, it's that's a very US look. It is, isn't Luke. It? Yeah. yeah. So imagine the shape of an A and the building's in the shape of an A, like the roof of it. So that was a real iconic thing. Something else I think is iconic that will appeal to you is their headquarters is based in Glendale. Oh, lovely. (laughs) Do you want to describe Glendale to listeners? Beautiful
2: Glendale. It's it's the most boring part of Los Angeles. (laughs) Zendale, as I believe it's been referred to because it's it's so zen and nothing happens there. Lovely.
1: So, over the years, a few different things have happened uh, with IHOP. In 2003, m- the much later years, uh, they adopted the slogan, Come Hungry, Leave Happy, which apparently won a lot of awards. Sure. It works. Branding. I know you love branding. Love branding. In 2007, <laughs> they bought Applebee's. Okay. Another... Di- have you ever been to an Applebee's? No, I never have. No, not there Bye. Um, and... Also, at this point, I do want to flag the name. International yep. House of Pancakes. They actually have 70 locations outside of the U.S. Okay. Uh, Bahrain, Dubai, oh. Oh. Guatemala. Oh. It's truly international. Wow. So, before we get into our experience of it today, I want to play you some commercials, okay? Uh, I've got one from 1969. I might just play the, the sound for okay. you. I might just watch your face react to the sound of this IHOP commercial from 1969. So that was when their slogan was just for the fun of it were you having fun listening
2: to it that was horrible that was honestly the sounds of like the sound of me having a panic attack that was that
1: it reminded me of being quite drunk and watching alice in wonderland <laughs> yeah,
2: that felt like not good what, was that a child singing
1: i don't know it was just the past next we're going to go to 1981 Pop okay. commercial this is a bit more jazzy and upbeat
0: what a perfect morning let's
1: all get underway
0: i want pancake blueberry.
1: Pancakes make my day. Your International House of Pancakes restaurant
0: is the only place you'll find all these different secret recipe pancakes: blueberry, German, chocolate chip, French, buttermilk, strawberry. What, a breakfast, what a breakfast! International House of Pancakes! What a breakfast! What a breakfast! Your House of Pancakes
1: makes.
2: Ooh, they really had to. there was jamming a lot of words into those lyrics, are not they?
1: International House of Pancakes. <laughs> So those are some early years commercials.
2: Not a, not a patch on the Sizzler commercials. Oh,
1: don't get me started. Sizzler, is, Sizzler the is the one. Na, 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 na.
2: Across the world, Sizzler <laughs> is starting a revolution. White people eating buffet food.
1: <laughs> <laughs> America. So one thing that is important about IHOP is the menu what is on the menu. Yes. Now, obviously, pancakes are the core. Breakfast food is the core. But as we said, it branches out. But what is important to know is that in more recent years, they've, they've decided to put like a bit of a spin on pancakes. I'm going to play you this. I'm going to let you watch it. There, there are only so many ways you could spin a pancake, one would think.
0: This National Pizza Day, if you're planning on having a pizza, forget about it. Try a pan pizza instead. What's a pan pizza? I'll tell you. Hold up the sauce, hold the cheese, give me buttermilk, please. It's pan It's a circle in a box, and it's fresh from my hop. It's pan pizza. Order one, maybe four, they'll come right to your door. It's pan it's the first of its kind. It'll blow your mouth's mind. It's from my heart. So,
1: They're what they've tried to do. A little do pleased there, with themselves there, aren't they? What they've. Well, yeah. What they've tried to do there is um, hijack other foods and other food days. So, National Pizza Day, the idea is you go get a pan instead of uh, a pancake. Do you want to describe what pan is? Well, it's
2: just a pancake in a pizza box.
1: Essentially, yeah. Although the They didn't they... seem
2: to have put. I, I didn't I thought that they were gonna have cheese and like pepperoni on them, which would have been disgusting, but that would have been a pan pizza. That was a pan box of lies.
1: I don't know. I, I appreciate this spin because the way they cut the pancakes as well, like in pizza slices. Yes, but it still good. was
2: it still was just a pancake. It was not there was nothing pizza about apart from the box and the presentation.
1: What hang on, what about the one that had the um the icing on top and the oh, sprinkles? That looks horrible. So just a big circular pancake with icing and sprinkles dot then cut into pizza slices. That's clever.
2: Well, that's a pizza and a birthday cake mixed together. That's that's too many. I just feel like there's too much happening.
1: Okay, fine. Well, how do you feel about this one then? <laughs> oh God.
0: Listen up, word people. As your new town executive officer, my first idea is cereal pancakes. Yum. With cinnamon toast crunch, Lucky Charms and Cap'n Crunch. With blue vanilla sparkle sauce. I'm tracking Yeah. Next slide. And new cereal milkshakes. Next slide. And kids eat free. Next slide. Yeah, that's a good slide. Me likey. From the mind of IHOP's child executive officer.
1: So that was an advert for cereal pancakes. Can you describe to the listeners what a cereal (laughs) pancake is?
2: Well, much like the the what what they'd done there is they'd presented their pancakes and thrown cereal on top of them. (laughs) So the cereal pancake was pancakes, including cereal. What I will say is I did not appreciate that advert. It's nothing I despise more than like,
1: guys, the kids in charge. I know. What about the Wackadoodle? What about the, the glittery blue? The
2: blues the blue sprinkle sauce that she mentioned looked disgusting.
1: I'm I'm genuinely surprised at your reaction to this. You normally love this kind of crap.
2: This is too um. Do you know what my problem is? Is this is all? What's your problem? Tell me what your fucking
1: problem is. uh
2: Oh, this is a little too much in the sweet realm for me. You know I'm a savory queen. So if this was all savory food, they'd be getting me. But I just wouldn't. It's all too much. Right. Too much. Too much sweet. Okay. Also, I think that kid CEO really. She really tipped me into a bad. (laughs) I feel like she could have presented anything, and I wouldn't have liked it.
1: Today we went to IHOP International House and Pancakes, the one near my house. Just update for LA. Uh, you can go dine outdoors now. We didn't dine outdoors because it's <laughs> Valentine's Day. And when we arrived, it was busy.
2: Yeah. People were very much excited to go and sit in the parking lot of the IHOP near your house and yeah. breathe in the fumes from the the free, from the 101 freeway that's <laughs> yeah. basically over the top of it. <laughs> Romantic.
1: So we went and we got food to go. Now, we're going to look at the menu here. What did we order? I, oh, wait a minute. I've got it here. We, we ordered the Southwest Scramble, didn't we? So that's scrambled eggs oh, with Jack and cheese. Sorry, scrambled eggs with Jack and cheddar, topped with salsa, avocado, served with hash browns or crispy breakfast potatoes. You did the potatoes. I did the hash browns. And then we had, you could either have toast or two buttermilk pancakes on the side oh, we're having the fucking pancakes, right? We?
2: <laughs> and also, it's worth isn't it worth mentioning that Jack is Monterey Jack cheese?
1: Yes, and not the, Jack
2: Daniels. Not Jack Daniels. And the only reason I know... That I ever think about Monterey Jack is that was the name of that mouse in, oh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, oh, okay. I was thinking of Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh. Do you remember there's the, 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 the large, the fuller figured mouse and he was called Monterey Jack.
1: I was, I and didn't actually, know when you
2: think about that, what a fun name for the mouse. He's called Monterey Jack like a cheese because mice, love cheese. They knew what they were bloody doing, <laughs> didn't they? Well, <laughs> these years later, they really got us.
1: <laughs> so how did you feel about your uh, Southwest scramble?
2: I, so I had it with the breakfast potatoes. You did.
1: Now, why did you do the potato for the hash
2: brown? Because I don't like American hash browns. They're a different. Oh. it's a very different beast. Talk us
1: through those two different creatures.
2: So a UK hash brown is very is much more dense and more kind of a potatoy, cakey kind of
1: and it's contained yeah
2: it's exactly it's very much contained within like a triangle shape usually i'm giving you like hand signals i don't know why for this visual medium so yeah and that and they're they're usually a bit thicker and normally more saturated in grease and kind of delicious i'm thinking of a mcdonald's breakfast hash brown being the real example of it okay whereas hash
1: browns here
2: hash browns here are more of like a loosey-goosey affair it's very much like grated potato and Mm. onion and then kind of fried in a lot flatter way and a bit more kind of like free, free form. It's right. not contained into a triangle. You'll, you'll get hash browns and you often see people order them from the UK and they order them and they're very confused when they arrive because it doesn't look anything like a hash brown.
1: Mm. And
2: I'm not a fan. I would prefer a, although I will say... You like <laughs> your
1: boundaries, <laughs> don't McDonald's
2: you? hash browns are more like UK hash browns, even in the US. They okay. don't give you like a free form McDonald's hash brown.
1: Got it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so I got breakfast potatoes and... Do you know what? I enjoyed it. It was great. It was, it was, it felt like you could have given me that and told me it was from somewhere slightly zhuzhier and I would have been like, oh, this is fine. You're exact. I think the avocado and the salsa
1: elevated it. I think
2: so, yeah. That, me and Ben used to, back in the day when we used to go to our Sunday dance classes and then we would come and record or have lunch together, we would go to a little kind of little cafe near ben's house that was all very like oh you know have a little bowl of this and this and that i feel like you could have told me it was from there and i just would have accepted that and been oh. like oh yeah this is like a nice little cafe number it didn't taste as uh it didn't taste as kind of chain restaurant and disgusting as you think it would
1: I, I agree. <laughs> what a compliment <laughs> pancakes however the pancakes were good mm. so now you can uh get all different kinds of pancakes so as as you're probably listeners well aware from the adverts i just played for you but you could get a cupcake pancake a new york cheesecake pancake yeah. double blueberry chocolate chip strawberries and sw- i mean it's all go so for example with the um the uh new york cheesecake just to describe what that is because it's a bit confusing four pancakes filled with cheesecake bites and topped with glazed strawberries. So you can really go for it, but we Mexican Tres Leches, oh, oh, Harvest Grain and Go.
2: What's the Harvest Grain and Go? Talk me through harvest
1: that. Harvest Grain and Go, four pancakes filled with oats, almonds, and walnuts topped with butter. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I The thing is, I, and I did see this in my research, they went through a stage of like doing healthier stuff, like come to IHOP and get a salad. I don't no. know. Mm-mm. Keep it simple. Especially because it's so breakfasty, it's, you don't.
2: That's, that's not what people want.
1: Yeah. So we went for very simple pan- pancakes, the original buttermilk. They were good, except it did feel like they came apart quite easily.
2: I'm going to throw out there that I preferred the pancakes at Denny's. When I ate at Denny's, what I preferred was... their their pancakes. They were just a bit more... I don't know. There was... Yeah. The, the, the Considering it's IHOP, International House of Pancakes, it was not yeah just not as good as denny's they just were not as good a consistency yeah and you're right it did feel like it was kind of coming apart in the middle a little bit yeah a little disappointing
1: taste wise was fine though
2: yeah and then what what were we laughing about That, that you get a little um you get a little like little pot of butter to put on the top of it but in the uk it would be a literal little square of butter and mm-hmm. you'd put it on top and have to wait for it to melt. But because this is America and people know what the fuck they're doing over here, <laughs> we got a little pot of, what was it called? Whipped salted butter?
1: Whipped, yeah, whipped churned spicy, but not spicy, <laughs> salty butter.
2: Yeah, it was, and it's basically it's a little pot of whipped butter that is already kind of whipped in a way where as soon as you spread it over the pancake, it's already like half melted anyway. Delicious.
1: It was very good. Uh, what did you have to drink
2: I had an Arnold Palmer, which I, we have I discussed. Talk, have we talked about that before? Multiple times we've discussed R- it Arnold us, what Palmer. Is
1: Arnold, pa- Arnold Palmer.
2: And Arnold Palmer is half lemonade, half iced tea. It was nice and it's also sweet. so sweet that I wanted <laughs> to right. throw up.
1: I had a giant vat of Tropicana. <laughs> now I asked if. Now it's like if I go and have a burger and fries. I just I want salt. I want burger. I want fries. I want a coke. I don't want a diet coke. I want a coke. So having breakfast, like diner breakfast food, I want an orange juice. Just simple orange juice. I asked for a small one. They only do one size. <laughs> the one size they did, I would say, was almost the size of a large carton of Tropicana back home. Yes,
2: one hundred percent.
1: Actually, it was probably the size of the regular carton of Tropicana. Do you know the one I'm talking yeah. about?
2: I feel like Not you the were, fat one. I felt like you were looking at potentially in the UK, maybe the one of the biggest drinks you could get in the cinema. <laughs> yes because the sizes are so much different here it's a giant cinema drink yeah obviously a cinema drink here is a large cinema drink here is essentially like a small child's paddling pool that they fill with (laughs) with pepsi or whatever and you just kind of carry it into the cinema with you and just lap away at it for Mm. 10 hours
1: (laughs) um the vibe inside in general it was very dinery wasn't it yeah they were, I feel like they were leaning into slightly old school diner. Yeah. Which was Shabby nice. chic. Yeah. Shabby chic. It was all, it was all, it it was all pretty solid, I have to say. Yeah. When would you, when do you think would be a prime time to go to an IHOP? Like uh, what life event or scenario or day of the week? What, what would do well, for you?
2: There's two, there's two schools of thought on this. There okay. is what we did today, which was Sunday, kind of brunchy time, 11 o'clocky, 12 o'clocky, that's a great time to go to IHOP. Particularly
1: if maybe you were a bit hungover. Yes. Did you you have a drink last night?
2: Yes, I had a margarita last night. There you go. But then, the flip side of that, you and I, back in the day, (gasps) we had a drunken trip to IHOP. It's just come back to me. Yeah, where we, so there was an, an, the IHOP in West Hollywood is open 24 hours and we went there, oh no, it wasn't 24 hours, but it closed at like four or something Mm -hmm. and we went there after a night out so we went and sat down and had full like indoor dining with table service, but completely wasted at like three in the morning.
1: But that was perfect because you're, you're soaking up the alcohol. Yeah. You're going to wake up the next day. You're not going to feel as bad. And also you're not going to wake up the next day and be like, oh, I need to eat something I don't know what to eat. <laughs> You've already eaten.
2: And there's also, I have to tell you, any, any listeners back in that day, there was a festive atmosphere in that IHOP. It was there, fun. It
1: was really fun. I would totally do that again. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think, oh, do you remember back in the day in London, like after a night out going to balance? Yeah. <laughs> I had like a, I would have like a whole burger and fries. Yeah.
2: There's something really novel about having a sit down meal when you're shit, like completely shake Yeah, <laughs> in the middle of the night.
1: My, my miniature version of that would be after a night out in London, for some reason I would go to that cafe Nero in old Compton street that was open 24 hours Right, and I would get a blueberry muffin and a cappuccino. <laughs>
2: And like... How confusing for your body and mind. I
1: know, it really was. <laughs> and then I'd walk for miles to go get a taxi.
2: That cafe near it, that was such a... That was like Old Compton Street's like cruisiest spot, wasn't it? Do you remember everyone, everyone would sit in the window of that and just... You know, and if you ever wanted to be seen, especially in the summer, maybe in a pair of shorts, you'd be like, oh, I'm just going to walk down there. Old Compton Street, w- walked up past that cafe near it and get like leered at by people and be like, oh, oh these God. men <laughs> are leering at me, it's awful.
1: I've just had... I think it was also... There's a lot of like tourist gays there who're like traveling by themselves. I don't know if there's like a guidebook out there that's like cruising around in Soho in London. Go to Cafe Nero. (laughs) I just had a flashback. Oh, I remember walking down Old Compton Street on a summer's night, and I don't know who I was with, and I came across you, and I think you were sitting outside Cafe Nero or somewhere else. You're just sitting there, and you're like, "Hi, babes!" (laughs)
2: Like we were in Maiden Chelsea, exactly.
1: I don't know what happened that night. Couldn't have been good
2: for anyone. I couldn't tell you. I I will tell you that one of my secret things that I used to do was if I was... What? Go, go, go. Oh, no, no. There was just a period of time where I used to get the train to Charing Cross, but then my gym that I would go to was like on Oxford Street, but I would purposefully walk... Uh, along old compton street in my gym kit so that people would try and to try and get people to check me out good
0: for you (laughs) that's great
2: just a little ego boost you know
1: oh i thought you were gonna say you used to go on nights out with friends but then you would uh leave the nights out to go somewhere else and i think that's what was going on that night. well
2: yeah i was gonna say i did that too i would often be like gotta go and then you and me would go to a club
1: oh fun time (laughs) sorry guys gotta go enjoy the baby shower (laughs) 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 <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> they're like they're, they're everyone cut to them at home sleeping with their boyfriends or husbands and you're me being like Ugh, 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 Ugh. up in the club <laughs> let me tell you a little something a little story i came to america when i was 18 me and my friend came and did this very strange year of traveling around the world before university a gap year if you will and we came to america for some of it we me and her went to an ihop Oh, maybe it was in Philadelphia. I think it was in Philadelphia, which is so weird to think that I've been to Philadelphia. Now that I live here, it's so weird. But yeah, we went to an IHOP in Philadelphia, and I had the worst food poisoning from an omelet that I ate in IHOP. Oh no! And for a really, really long time, me and my friend Leah would often just be like, whenever if I, if ever IHOP came up in like pop culture, we'd always be like, oh god, IHOP like diarrhea. And up until the time that I went there drunk with you, I had never had it ever again, because I was always a bit like, Ugh. what's the worst food poisoning you've ever had? Oh, it was from a, a pizza that I ate that had no, I tell you what, it was in London. I went to a, a vegetarian. This is I don't understand how this happened. I went to a vegetarian Japanese restaurant. Okay. And I, it was the, the illest I've ever been. How, what, what, wait, what food was served? I, I have no idea. I don't even know. If, maybe it wasn't food poisoning, but it happened after I ate that meal and it was bad.
1: Oh, I once, <laughs> as, when I was about 12, had a hot dog in Spain and then we're flying back the next day and it was bad. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't good. Hot dog in Spain. Hot dog Of all the
2: things I thought you were going to say, I wasn't going to expect hot dog and Spain mixed <laughs> together. Is that not a chorizo in like a Spanish <laughs> roll?
1: So I was trying to work out what is the US equivalent of... IHOP, International House of Pancakes, Mm. It's a bit of a tricky one. Question for you. Pancakes in the UK, how much of a thing are they, according to you? They are only a thing
2: that started happening, like, when I was in my 20s. Okay. I don't feel like pancakes in a restaurant existed. Because obviously there's Pancake Day in the UK.
1: Yes. Shrove Tuesday. Which I think is called Fat Tuesday here or something. What?
2: Yeah. So... (laughs) Fat with a PH? (laughs)
1: <laughs> wait, so wait.
2: For, for us for british people pancakes are the thing that you would have once a year on that that tuesday on pancake day and they're very thin and more like crep like aren't they
1: yeah so that's and the, the class it's, it's that classic thing of traditionally you make pancakes because you're using up all this food in your house before lent yes
2: starts. and it's all lemon and sugar are the main toppings None, no syrup you don't use any kind of syrups it's lemon and sugar but then obviously we talked about this i think with I think with Denny's, where we talked about, like how you know they then. Uh, do you remember we talked about Little Chef?
0: <laughs> yes. And
2: how they they started putting like the American breakfast in places like Little Chef and like any like restaurants, any place that did breakfast would now have like an American option as like mm-hmm. and it has pancakes and bacon.
1: So yeah, Shrove Tuesday is Fat Tuesday. It's the same date. <laughs> Fat Tuesday is the last day of. Uh, no, that's Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras falls on Tuesday. So Fat Tuesday is the last day of the carnival season, as it always falls before Ash Wednesday. It's all coming together now.
2: Why was it Fat Tuesday? Because you've been know.
1: partying at Mardi Gras for like a whole week, so you're really fat. I think so. Hey, <laughs> what would soak up the alcohol. Pancake. <laughs> so I was trying to think, are pancakes much of a thing in the UK? Because I, I have a skewed memory of them, because I ate a lot of pancakes as a kid. Because there was a, a place called the Pancake Place in yeah. Scotland, and I would go, it was in the shopping centre, I'd go with my mum, we would do the, the shop, and then we'd go to Pancake Place, and I was like four, and I'd eat shitloads of pancakes. And I distinctly remember the server being like, that child can eat a lot of pancakes.
2: <laughs> but so, were they American-style pancakes, they were the big, thicker ones? Yeah, they were big, thick mm.
1: pancakes. Mm. But I know what you mean. On Pancake Day, we would. it would be kind of like those thin... Crepe. Yeah, slightly eggy. Yeah, very crepe-like. Yeah, very crepe-like. So it's interesting you say crepe, because I was thinking crepes are more of a thing in the UK because mm-hmm. we're closer to France. So I found there's a, a chain called Crepe Affair.
2: <laughs> I, oh my God. You just made my my brain explode because I feel like I've never set foot inside a Crepe Affair, but I do feel like I've seen one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> crepe Affair. I hate crepes. Crepes are shit.
2: They're fine. They're fine. They're not bad. They're just not... They're not, they're not uh, like a... a, 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 a They're not like a destination for a restaurant. Like you shouldn't be like, I must immediately sit down and eat a crepe. That's, they're they're not exciting enough for that. But if one kind of came into my path, I'd eat it and enjoy it.
1: A crepe is very, when we were teenagers, we were like 15 and we would like go into town on Saturday, like go into the center of Glasgow and you'd like, you'd be, you know, hanging out all day and then you'd maybe go get like a crepe in the afternoon. Yes.
2: It's very, yeah, it's very like, we'd either go to the haagen Cafe, as I've discussed, as we discussed previously, the haagen Cafe and the shopping in the uh, Castle Mall. Or yeah, like a crepe would be, well, we had... See, we talked about this before as well, because we had that restaurant called Pizza One Pancakes Two in Norwich (laughs) that did actually used to serve pancakes like American style ones. And there's also a place that I think I have talked about on this podcast before in Norwich called the Waffle House, which exclusively serves Belgian waffles and pancakes, but savoury and sweet ones. Now, I'm not saying that can be an equivalent because it's quite literally just one one restaurant in Norwich, but...
1: Yeah... (laughs) I don't know. I, 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 I'm feeling good, now that we've talked about it, I'm feeling good that the US, the UK equivalent of a pancake is a crepe. Yes. And therefore, the UK equivalent <laughs> of an IHOP would be something like crepe affair. Stop saying crepe affair. Why do you have such an issue with crepe affair? Because
2: <laughs> the word affair is such a strange name. It's such a strange word to put in a restaurant title.
1: Wait, I'm going to just find out the menu for crepe affair. Oh, up it comes.
2: Oh, we had a crepe affair.
1: <laughs> it's... <laughs> Oh, so at Crepe Affair, you might get a Nutella one. Oh, that does split, sound good. Uh, Frere Rocher.
2: Oh, that, that actually does sound really good. Kit Kat. <laughs> and then
1: classic lemon and sugar. Lemon- <laughs> I have a lemon and sugar crepe. Oh, God. So I'm, I'm feeling good about this. Yeah. I think that the UK equivalent of a pancake is a crepe, and therefore the UK equivalent of IHOP is crepe affair (laughs) oh you're welcome and we are back okay we've done our u.s topic which was ihop now speaking of ihop fraser in our little break there you okay yeah i'm okay i'm just uh
2: maybe feeling a little gastric distress from ihop so thank you for that (laughs) Thank you for that IHOP corporation. Thank you. <laughs>
1: the curse of IHOP.
2: Yep, strikes again. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. If too many listeners hear this, the IHOP stocks they're going to plummet, aren't they?
2: <laughs> yeah, the floating in the market. I don't. What I, don't, I still oh, don't try and make me understand I it. I don't
1: know. Well, short, shorthand it, short scale it, short sell it. <laughs> so we've done our US topic for today. <laughs> yeah, we have. <laughs> although, Fra- although Fraser's body <laughs> isn't quite done with it yet, and we are now going to do our UK topic, which is yours. So over to you, babes. Well, from the disgusting and
2: scatological to the, the divine and beautiful and, and a slightly vanilla flavoured, I'm going to be discussing <laughs> the pop goddess that is Rachel Stevens. First of all, I just want you to see if you can guess Rachel Stevens' middle name. Well, what, what's the most like Rachel Stevens' name that will go with her?
1: It's going to be something like Kate, but it's not that. Hang on. It'll be like Lindsay,
2: uh, uh, Laura.
1: Lauren, yes, Rachel Lauren Stevens. I knew it was going to be. Oh my god, RLS, just like RL Stein, <laughs> RL Stevens, RL Stevens. Yeah, uh, yeah. I knew it was going to be something. Just you got that. I can't believe you got her middle name on
2: the third <laughs> guest. I know I was doing some facial kind of, uh, you know, encouraging, but that was that's impressive. <laughs> I'm very impressed with that. So I'm going to be discussing Rachel Stevens. Great. So to the uninitiated. Rachel Stevens is a member of the pop group S Club 7. Hmm. So I do know that S Club 7 did come to America in a slightly lesser popular capacity. So a lot of gays of a certain age in this country do know who S Club 7 are. And basically, if you don't know who they are, they were a mixed gender pop group from the late 90s to early 2000s. They had a string of very strange TV shows that were kind of served as like promotional vehicles for the albums. Mm-hmm. So they had a TV show called Miami Seven, which was a fictional show about a pop band who got flown to Miami, lived in a lived in a motel like a motel complex.
1: Oh, Again, yeah, they had to work at the motel. And they, they worked.
2: Yeah, it was a hotel. They were they moved to a hotel and then they had to work as the like staff and the entertainers in a hotel in Miami.
1: Well, like like they were uh holiday reps
2: yes there was a lot of hijinks that happened in that and i just remember and each week would have them performing like a performing a song that wasn't from their album but it was it would always end with them performing a song from their album at the hotel or at different venues <laughs> so obviously s-cop 7 what are you you're tapping away for you're just taking you, some notes you, i'm just making I'm just-
1: I actually have to take some legal notes <laughs> right. about this. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's like you work for the, the Stevens Estate and you're going to make sure I don't besmirch her good name. <laughs> so, yeah. So, basically, she was she was a part of S Club 7. And obviously, because I want to be talking about her individually, I won't be going completely into S Club 7 because I think that they're going to have to deserve their own episode. They are, yeah. But I, what I will say is that within the group of S Club 7, the lead vocalist was Jo. She's got the flow. Yeah. So, she would she would kind of lead most of the songs. However... It's a couple of Rachel-led numbers in their discography that I just want to talk about. The main one being the song Natural. I love the song I Natural. I love the song Natural. Is that,
1: clar- is that a clarinet solo at the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: going to see if I can find it quickly. Hang on. Oboe? Yeah, it definitely isn't. This video... so what instruments did we just get from that you said oboe to start with i think
1: there was an oboe solo yeah. at the beginning and i definitely heard a do harpsichord
2: <laughs> now that video i forgot about was very beachy and there's definitely a waterfall segment isn't there
1: i think so it's very shipwrecked yes <laughs> the tv show shipwrecked from back then how fun would it have been to, to be in a pop group when they had money for music videos? Yeah. You're like, we're going to the Maldives this week just to shoot the Natural video. Don't, don't say the Maldives. Sam Fares. Oh, dear. Do you think she was shooting a cover of Natural? <laughs> That's what she was doing.
2: Natural's really a hidden song in the S Club 7 discography. It, yeah. It's like buried deep beneath your reaches and your... Um, you know. Bring it all back. Bring it all back. To, like, stop moving. Yeah. Those, all those ones you trot out at a party. I no always, one ever puts natural on.
1: I really <laughs> imagine being at a party <laughs> so big
0: natural.
2: Slinking into the room to that oboe intro.
1: I love, I, I love a pop song that had a sun-drenched video. Yeah. Like a slightly forgotten pop song like that or, um, Atomic Kittens Okay. You know, when they're driving around South Africa. Oh my god, I
2: love Alright and it's okay hey, and It's
1: alright Anna, Anna Okay, or even, or even I'm going to throw out there, maybe more popular, but, um, oh, um Liberty X, don't, 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 do 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 got to have your love. Oh yeah. Okay. Back to Rachel. All right. Okay.
2: So basically, so she was in S Club 7 from, they were together from 1999 until 2003.
1: Well, oh, that's the original run. That's the original run,
2: 1999 to 2003. And obviously they, they've come back in lots of different forms and capacities in the past kind of decade. However, in 2003, when they, uh, when they split up, that is when Rachel decided to have a solo career. Rachel sure did. She sure, sure did. Her first debut single, very important, was released on the 15th of September, 2003. It is called Sweet Dreams, My LAX.
1: So I will have just gone to uni.
2: Yeah, this is first first year of uni for both of us. Even though we're because I took that year out to travel around America and get food poisoning. Yeah. So as Wikipedia quite helpfully points out, the name uses a pun on LAX, the area code for Los Angeles International Airport. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, Wikipedia. So as a lot of people, this is one of those like you know when people are like oh you you know you can't a swan's neck will break your arm you know those facts that everyone tells you about everything. (laughs)
1: A swan's or like, neck will, will break, break your arm. No, a swan's—it's like the, the the flap of the wing will break your arm.
2: Oh, why did I think a swan's neck would break How your arm? This,
1: what's the swan going to they do? They've got with very the neck? long necks. I thought. Yeah, but they going well, to Wind it around your arm and then go <laughs> like bend its neck around the arm. <laughs> it's like a flap of the wings. Like it could just go boof That could break your arm. <laughs> grew up where I grew up, we had so many swans. This whole time time you thought a swan might come up and wrap, like a snake. Oh my god, I literally,
2: (laughs) I I feel flushed. I feel, I feel like flushed with embarrassment. I might have to cut this whole segment. No, it's great. I'm so embarrassed. Anyway, much like that great fact about swans, what about the other fact about swans, that the queen owns all of them and you can't murder them, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Something like that, sure.
2: (laughs) Much like that fact, yeah. One of the facts that gets trotted out about "Sweet Dreams" my LAX is that uh, Kathy Dennis, who wrote this song, was inspired by "Crimea River," Justin Timberlake's song. Oh, and this song was actually written to be given to Britney Spears as her comeback to "Crimea River."
1: Oh my God, this would be a great Britney and song. Such a know uh,
2: Like I wish that the the music had got into her hands. It's a hey, shame that it didn't.
1: But
0: hello. Hello.
2: <laughs> so yeah, so. So she wrote it for Britney Spears, and then she, it's apparently, according to this article I found, she, uh, Britney turned it down because of the subject matter, because she didn't want to do a retaliation Fair. song. Um, and then, <laughs> this is my favourite sentence, quite a, um, a rude sentence to Rachel, this this one here. A few months later, Kathy Dennis had not found someone to perform the song, so offered it to Stevens. So, oh, that's <laughs> do you a bit want, harsh. She wanted it. Because <laughs> um, basically, she'd worked with Rachel Stevens um, when they were in S Club 7, so okay. she didn't know her. And she said, she's like, oh, she said, the writer's really got my personality in the direction I wanted to go in.
1: <laughs> what personality is that? Slight like tan, brunette?
2: Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful and lovely.
1: <laughs> honey, just honey gold.
2: So this, this, this made me... This is one of the many times I cackled while I was doing my research for this, talking about the critical reception. <laughs> Said it received mixed to positive reviews from musical critics. The BBC called the song perfectly pleasant. <laughs> much like Rage. <Rach. laughs> that is completely, the encapsulates our Rage. What did you, what do you remember when this song came out? This was a big deal for me.
1: Yes. Now, weirdly, I don't, it came out, so I just got to uni. I remember it being played at uni, but not that much. But then I have a really distinct memory of, It must have been the second term at uni. I went to visit my friend in Newcastle. And we went out on a night out in Newcastle. And we went to one of the uni nights out, a club night called Wiggle. Ooh. And we went there and they played it. And it was, was it Halloween? I can't remember. Anyway, we all gripped each other's arms in a circle. And we all (gasps) pretended to do. Oh, fun. The ribbon. Do, do. The ribbon dance. Exactly. The big jerky moves. We did it in a circle. And weirdly, that club night was at Northumbria, university it wasn't at newcastle none of us went to that uni but we all went to that club night fun yeah we just like went in there that's yeah have for you, me yeah have you been in a night out in newcastle
2: no 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 i i consider my night out in liverpool to be similar uh, at priming me for when i do eventually do that so
1: they have this thing <laughs> they had this thing on Jes. is it jesmond there's a street or area called jesmond where you would go we've i'm sure we've talked about this before separately and you go i'm, I'm gonna buy like double vodka diet coke okay i right. go up to buy it and just before you pay for it you push a button and oh, it goes boop, yeah. boop, 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 and you either pay normal price or you get an extra one free or you get shots for everyone like it's a game they definitely can't do that anymore
2: right they must have got that must have so. been cracked down in the binge drinking crackdown of whenever that did happen all
1: i can say is by the time i was doing the ribbon dance at wiggle <laughs> i was i was limb, limber
2: so, so yes this i feel like this song I always think of this as a pairing. It's this song and Superstar by Jamelia. They came out at a very similar time and at university it would we'd be on the dance floor and often we would have just just shimmied our way through. I don't know what it is. That makes and then you'd hear a do do, a do do, a do. But
1: superstar came out earlier that year. So I really I really played that on my summer vacay when I was in Spain. (laughs) We really had a superstar Spain trip.
2: They've both got two very distinctive openings, those songs, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> People always talk about... E-o, e-o, e-o. <laughs> so, yeah, the music video, its basically it involves... Kind of a, a ribbon dance with all red ribbons where Rachel's tied up in fun, sassy ways and she's like breaking free of like the the ribbons and the relationship <sighs> Brittany metaphor. Would,
1: Brittany would fucking love that. Yeah. A ribbon dance where she doesn't have to do much. <laughs> she would go crazy you think, for like, it.
2: She'd still be performing it now on tour, wouldn't she? Like, 100%. breathe on me. Like, she definitely would be. It would be like one of her favourites. It's a real missed opportunity. But hey, look, it worked out for Rach, okay? Yeah. We can't deny her that. Uh, there's just some fun facts about this song. This is my favourite one. <laughs> the ITV did a Record of the Year uh, competition, which I don't actually... Re- Do you remember that? Oh,
1: yes, every year. and then, But Westlife won, like, every year. Yes,
2: oh my God, now you said it. Now you've just said that. So basically... It, said it was nominated for Record of the Year in 2003, and it finished sixth behind Westlife, who won with their cover of Mandy by Barry Manilow. That's,
1: that was the That's problem That's unacceptable. With it. We would have loved that idea in that oh my, show, yeah. but it, Westlife won every year, so it's like, <laughs> fuck this.
2: And then, apparently, it was nominated for Best British Single at the 2004 Brit Awards. Should have been, yeah. But she lost out to White Flag by Dido. That, <laughs> is, that is unacceptable.
1: I'm going down with this ship. <laughs>
2: My favorite bit of Sweet Dreams, my LAX, obviously, it must be everyone's favorite bit, is Does it make I'm you feel well. a man? Pointing the
1: finger because you can. I oh, no, I like the huh? dun, 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 LAX, Beba Beba SEX. You that bit?
2: Think that I'm the fairer SEX. That's it. Sweet Dreams, my LAX. Lots of lots of instruments that we don't quite can't quite put our finger on in that song as well. Mm-hmm. So that was the first single from her album called "Funky Dory." <laughs> <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible album name. Obviously based on the the, the phrase "hunky dory," which definitely is not used in this country, right? Can you use Hunk-
1: "hunky dory" in a sentence? For "Hunky me please, dory" please. would be like,
2: okay, so it would be like, oh, well, you know, we had had that big argument, but now we've made up and everything's hunky dory.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I lost my Saturday job, but then the gadget, shop, the gadget shop hired me for a few Saturday shifts, so everything's hunky-dory. <laughs> so she just did
2: a real spin on that and made it funky-dory. Oh. So she followed, that got to number two, Sweet Dreams, by LAX. She followed it up with a, a number 26, highs of number 26 song called Funky Dory. And I didn't remember this song, but yeah. I'm going to play you just a little extract.
1: Yeah, that rings a bell. That's also very Holly Valance. Oh, it is quite Holly Valance. Yeah. I, in, I always Rachel Stevens and Holly Valance in my head. I they do merge, and I always think, oh, Rachel Stevens. She married that really wealthy property property developer, yeah. and I'm like, no, that's Holly Valance. Yep. That song is very Spanish guitar. I'm going away. Like in it's a very lovely summer,
2: as you would would not be allowed to actually say very Spanishy. Dead Spanish. Dead Spanishy. That song. Yeah. So yeah, that that song didn't do so well. It's actually got quite like a, a quite a nice high like high budget looking video where she's kind of performing against this kind of two way glass, and it's all very mm. so it, it's pretty. It's actually not bad at all. But obviously that single didn't do so well, so it was kind of a little bit of a, a disappointment. So she has one of those confusing discographies where her first so she released two albums, Funky Dory and Come and Get It. She has one of those confusing discographies where both albums have some of the same songs on it, you know, when they like re-release albums. Just know that she's released an album called Funky Dory and then the follow-up was called Come and Get It. Okay. We don't need to talk about every single single she released. I'm just going to quickly gloss over some of the later ones. She did a cover of More, More, More. More, more, more. How do you like it? That's fine. That got to number three, actually. That was her second, uh, that was her third highest placing song was More, More, More. Then I I don't know, I've definitely tried to talk to you about this song before, but do you remember the song Negotiate with Love?
1: Yeah, it's another song that when you say it, I'm like that. Vaguely the case
2: the- is closed. I uh, don't
1: negotiate mm-hmm. with love.
2: Yeah. So I found just the most amazing performance of "Negotiate with Love," and I'm gonna just. This is a really long video, but I, I need you to see all of it. Wow. Okay, so I just played Ben a performance of "Negotiate with Love." It's Rachel, It's called Rachel Stevens' Top of the Pop Saturday performance. For anyone that wants to look it up on YouTube. Talk me through what happened there.
1: Okay, so a little girl has written into Top of the Pops Saturday, because Top of the Pops was so successful, they needed a Saturday show as well. <laughs> and she said, can Rachel come to my school? So Rachel does go to the girls' school. So Rachel, wearing like a blazer and some book cut jeans, she just walks into the class and is like, hi, is your name Mia? Yeah. Do you want me to come perform at your school? Yeah. I'm here. Let's go. And like she the, just takes her hand and walks through. And the, the she's shit. The kid is shitting herself. Yeah, she's it, like it's,
2: she gives zero reaction in that way. Way the only way you could do when you're completely
1: panicked. Exactly. And then, <laughs> and then Rachel goes into the assembly hall, and all the all the kids just sit around. And then she performs with their dancers in the middle, and it's a little sexy. It's a not, little. It's not too sexy. It's not
2: too sexy, but it's definitely. The way that was filmed, everyone they were a little too close to her performance as well, which I don't like. I needed some distance. She needed to be on the stage, but for some reason they put her on the floor in the assembly hall.
1: The director got far too excited. They're like, we'll have some kids sitting on the stage, some clapping over there, Rachel's in the middle, should the round.
2: They should have let her be on the stage and the kids watching in a classic performance style. It felt a little too close and uncomfortable. And I like the way they made the kids clap along with the song and you could hear like (laughs) <laughs> so we actually ended up talking about the song so good when we did the totally scott lee recap because do you remember that's the song that she was promoting that she's promoting
1: she, she shared a stage with andy <laughs>
2: exactly so there's the song so good that went to number 10 and then actually one of the songs that everyone like gays even now who love 2000s pop music her last single which was i said never again open brackets but here we are Close brackets that song is like a a kind of a sleeper hit of like Rachel's career that only kind of gays of a certain age, remember? So the reason I'm very specifically talked in this order and just kind of been like, here's this, 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 this and this, Sweet dreams my LX, is because I want to talk about one song and one song really, which defines Rachel Stevens as a solo artist and her career and has so many levels to it that it's actually unbelievable. And that is <laughs> a little song in 2004 called Some Girls. Mm-hmm.
1: Of some gir- some girls always reminds me when I've got an upset stomach that kind of rumble that <laughs>
2: don't say that to sorry, me right now sorry <laughs> the song was released on twelfth of July two thousand and four and weirdly it was released as a charity single for sport relief oh <laughs> and this got to number two in the charts and basically. This is her, this is one of her biggest songs, but there's a lot. There's some great history behind this song and some intrigue. So I'm going to just read you this little piece of information. So, "Some Girls" was written and produced by the producer Richard X. Do you remember who obviously did that? <laughs> that Liberty X cover of Shaka Khan.
1: I, Ain't nobody. I, 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 had the, I had the Richard X album.
2: Yeah. So he 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 wrote and produced this song and with it with a songwriter and basically they wrote it for. They said that they wrote it for Girls Aloud. Oh. So it, and when you think about it, that makes perfect sense. It does sound like it could have been... A, it, with some slight tweaks here and there, it would have been a Girls Aloud song. So that's who they had in mind for it. And then basically, Simon Fuller contacted Richard X by email. I like that. like that kind of detail. To ask if he could give the song to, um, uh, to Jerry Halliwell or to Rachel Stevens, like one of them. And basically... <laughs> I, I just need to read you all of this verbatim because it's so insane. Okay. He agreed to have Stevens record the song after Richard Curtis asked about using the song for sport relief in 2004. So okay. that's how the sport relief of it all came into it. So it kind of all, all the stars lined up and they were like, oh, we want Rachel to do it. And Richard Curtis said, like, I want to do it for sport relief. He even, I think Richard Curtis produced the music video, which we'll get into in a little bit. And, you know, he, Richard X even himself says he's, he was a little surprised that Sport Relief chose a song that's got quite sexually suggestive lyrics to it. This is the best part. When Jerry Halliwell found out that the writers were giving Stevens the song to record, she locked herself in her car in an attempt to change their mind. She then, she then later wrote Richard X a love song.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Did she lock herself in the car by herself? Well...
2: Now I'm gonna, I'm just gonna quickly click over to a Reddit thread that I I went deep on this. This person on Reddit basically tried to look into this and there's very, very scant information about how this came about. So this Reddit, this, this Redditor came up with some actual different options of what the situation could have been. And I think we all have to kind of interpret what we want from it. It's like a multiple choice. Choose Precisely. your own adventure. Precisely. So option one, she locks herself in her own car in order to convince Richard X to give her the song and writes a love song about Richard X in order to convince him to give her the song.
1: Okay.
2: That's option one. Okay. Option two, she locks herself in Richard X's car in order to convince Richard to give her the song.
1: It's Richard in the car.
2: so that's more of an option kind of 2a you've just added a little appendage to that okay and then finally option three either of the above along with jerry also barraging richard with letters texts and calls for many weeks basically each of those options has a citation for like other articles that have said those things have happened (laughs) so basically they they this this redditor said that they think it's kind of Probably option three, which is she, no, a, a mixture of option one and three, which is she locked herself in her own car, wrote a love song to Richard X to convince him to give her the song, and then also bombarded him with texts and phone calls and emails saying that she wanted the song.
1: Wow.
2: We're not, I'm not even finished with this part of the story. So what? then, so basically the fallout of this is that Richard X was really angry with Jerry Hollywell for the way that she acted. So he was working with, do you remember Annie?
1: I loved Annie. Yeah.
2: So he then wrote and produced the song Me Plus One, Annie's song. Yeah. And all of the lyrics are disses to Jerry Halliwell.
1: What the lyrics?
2: There's a reference to... It says the song references so many aspects of Jerry's life and career, including her failure to get into the theatre art school, Italia Conti. Openly referenced in the song. It's literally like she couldn't get into Italia Conti. Her obsession with George Michael, pre-fame topless modelling, her struggle with tour life, flopping post Spice Girls fame... And of course the encounter with Richard X, which gets its own amazing bridge in the song, which is people around you won't tell you how it is. Don't you think it's gone on long enough? Take a look at yourself, get out of the car. You know it's time, you've got to let it go, it's gone.
1: Fucking hell.
2: And hang on, I'm just gonna, there's even, you weren't expecting this to go so deep into an Annie Annie wormhole, right? So yeah, it's time to tell my story of a girl I used to know, always cried into a pillow under pinups on the wall. She didn't make Italia Conti and didn't get that TV show. Then a nice man said he'd help her with a new portfolio. That is literally Jerry's story. Do you remember when she got the topless modeling thing? Mm -hmm. And then another lyric is, now this wannabe senorita. (gasps)
0: Wannabe
1: senorita? Wannabe senorita. As in like Machico Latino. Wannabe Machico Latino.
2: Yes. (laughs) Now this wannabe senorita met a group of lively girls, traded posters and the Vox Pops for jetting around the world. It didn't make her happy and now she flies alone. The wrong pictures in the paper and no one back at home.
1: Really oh, rough. Oh, oh, oh. This is p- a pretty intense attack. Yeah, considering,
2: considering that the source of all of this is the song Some Girls. Some girls always get what they want to want
1: to. The source of it is Jerry loves your song and, yeah. wants, and thinks it's so good that she's going this... I mean, we don't know all the facts, Yeah, but she went to these extremes and then you're just writing like a a diss track about her.
2: I know it's it's wild. I do like the idea of Jerry Jerry locking herself in her car as a protest.
1: Oh, she 100% did that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this I think Richard X sounds like kind of a monster in a lot of the things that I've read about this whole situation oh. and actually about just recording in general. Apparently, whilst recording in um recording this song, he decided to get spoken sound bites from her to make an extended version for the B-side. And it says, to fit the song's glam sound, he asked her questions about the winter of discontent, to which Rachel Stevens reacted with amusement and terror. What the fuck is happening? Did you, like, no one knows when you peel away the layers of some girls that all of this weirdness is behind it.
1: This deserves its own uh, (laughs) 12-part investigative crime podcast.
2: Absolutely. Like, what happened with some girls? And we can, like... I mean, should we add this to our list of things we need to do? So we'll yeah. we'll interview Jerry. We'll interview Rachel Stevens, obviously. We'll Richard X. We'll
1: re- we'll reenact the scene with the car. Yeah, we'll Would get you, Annie we- on the phone. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so the music video is insane. So basically, it was written and directed by. It was written by Richard Curtis. The music video, like he wrote like a okay. script for it. And we're talking about some girls, some yeah. girls. Rachel yeah. Stevens, some. Girls. Yes.
1: Okay. <laughs>
2: the, the script for the music video of some girls, which caused Jerry Halliwell to lock herself in a car. Um, was written by Richard Curtis, which is insane. Obviously, director of Love, actually. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, it does make sense because he runs Sport Sport Relief Relief. and and Comic Relief, but still very strange. It was filmed in Borough Market in South London. (laughs) Inexplicably, because of, well, not inexplicably, because of Sport Relief, there's athletes that appear in the video. (laughs) Audley Harrison, uh, Pat Cash, and Colin Jackson appear in the video. And then I'm just going to read you the... uh, this this description, kind of the paragraph description of the video. It's got a very strange word that is reoccurring in it. The video opens with shots of a dank underground sewer. Stevens and a group of women walk through the sewer and put on sunglasses before climbing out of the manholes and shafts. A large group of women with Stevens leading them parades down the street as men observe the spectacle. The women begin spraying each other with bottles of water before Stevens returns to the sewer. <laughs> Yeah, and it just says throughout the video, sequences of Stevens and a group of backup dancers performing in the sewer are shown. Sewer. Sewer. So strange. And then it says that uh, Richard X strongly disapproved of the music video. In an interview with Enemy, he stated, the video is crap.
1: Sold. Solid, <laughs> sold, done.
2: You weren't Vented. expecting to go where we went, were you? No,
1: no. That took me all kinds of places, mainly to that dank sewer in Barrow Market. <laughs> dank. <laughs>
2: Sorry, my eye was just, I don't know if you noticed, my eyes just widened. Basically, Some Girls was also covered in 2006 by an American dance vocalist. And then also, former Pussycat Doll members Kaya Jones recorded a version of Some Girls and released, and released it in 2012.
1: What?
2: This, there's think, a lot of lore and history to this This, I think song. this song
1: is Trouble. It's I think it's, it's cursed. If you if you say, it's like saying Beetlejuice three times. If you sing <laughs> some girls all the way through, you're not
2: good. You're locked in a car forever.
1: <laughs> yeah, with Jerry. <laughs> Don't know if it's her car, Richard X's car, but you're with Jerry.
2: Thinking of the US equivalent of Rachel Stevens, I mean, obviously it's very hard to... I don't know about you, I'm finding it hard to distance myself from some girls and and the controversy and storm that we've just Mm -hmm, uncovered there. mm -hmm. But we need to just get our heads back in the game. And obviously, you know, Rachel Stevens was kind of a, I'd, I'd describe her as an inoffensive pop starlet of the 2000s. Yeah. Which, you know, Hilary Duff... As you you mentioned uh, previously, when we were just talking before recording about it about her, it does feel very you taking notes again? <laughs> can
1: I, I can hear you? Down?
2: This is another notes for the Stevens yeah, estate.
1: Yeah, just seeing <laughs> Rachel this? might not be happy. Um, with is this libel? Some of The words you're saying exactly. I'm just sending it straight through. To what are you doing, Rachel? I'm just checking uh, Rachel Stevens' Instagram account. Okay. Just for any inspo, you know.
2: <laughs> well, see, this is what I was thinking. I was thinking. Actually what we could do is take a classic fusion and fuse together Hilary Duff with Holly Valance.
1: Yeah. She's I mean she's got the brunette of Holly Van that kind of golden brunette of Holly Valance. Oh my god, her hair is her hair equivalent is Lauren Conrad. We (laughs) talked about that before, maybe? Oh god it well, rings true.
2: So Let's, let's save Holly Valance for another day. Okay. <laughs> but for any listeners that want to look into some great pop songs from the 2000s, I, distinct, I, I urge you to go and look into Holly Valance's back catalogue, especially the song State of Mind that came out quite late in her career that is actually an electronic pop yep. iconic song. So, yeah, what I'll say is the US slash Australian equivalent of Rachel Stevens is Hilary Valance and Holly Duff. <laughs> holly duff holly duff (laughs) hi yeah my name's holly duff
1: holly duff do you know helena's got a cousin called holly duff
2: (laughs) oh and also look out for our spin-off podcast called some girls investigated (laughs) you're welcome
1: And we are back. Okay, as ever, we're going to round out an episode by playing a game of welcome, not welcome. We're going to mention very British or American things, and we say whether they're welcome or not, i.e. whether we like them or not. All of mine, in honour of IHOP, are breakfast related. Perfect. I'm going to go first. Welcome or not welcome. Bottomless coffee. Oh, welcome. Very Lovely. Very welcome. Lovely. It's not, not a thing really in the UK.
2: No, because coffee is not as much of a of a thing with breakfast like that. I think in a, in a, like a restaurant.
1: Yes. Diner. It would be, it would be one of those kind of those beakers. You know what I mean? Those glass kind of like beaker gla- cups and it'd be very watery and a bit shit. Yes. But bottomless to go on forever. Welcome.
2: <laughs> welcome. Uh, welcome or not welcome. The, ter- <laughs> the term 40 winks to describe sleep. Have you ever heard that before? Well, I'm just going to go and catch 40 winks. Yeah. I don't know any of the. What does it mean though? I don't know. I've never. I didn't even look up the etymology or any of the history of it. But Is that, I just. That I don't. Yes, it's something my mum would say. Like, we're oh, just gonna get. I'm gonna catch forty winks.
1: I'm gonna say not welcome because I don't quite understand it. I'm gonna say welcome because it reminds me of my mum. Oh, nice. Welcome or not welcome? baked beans at breakfast.
2: Welcome. So welcome. Lovely. Oh. Ooh.
1: <laughs> <I> t- <laughs> oh. not with a pancake though
2: no 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 it has to be with like a with sausages and toast egg and toast and you have to beans that are, you've cooked in a pan not in the microwave it's very important that they've been slowly heated in a pan
1: why They no, talk me through that why because
2: basically you get a much softer a softer bean okay. and it, it's it's a much nicer consistency and it's it just it's a more of like a slow cook rather than a blast, blast. in the microwave
1: because i tell you what Oh, the pub I used to work at. You'd put them in a a a, a bowl, cling them on, on top, the top, saran wrap, pop it in. You took out. It was to touch. Piping, atomic.
2: Yeah, if you peeled that back and you got the steam on you, oh, scalded you got, for life. Oh, you,
1: you peeled it back and it's a little little splatter of beans. Just went. You'd be like, Ow. okay, so baked beans at breakfast. Welcome. welcome and missed. Okay, welcome or not welcome, chicken sausage.
2: Ugh! Not welcome. Not
1: welcome. Why does this country love like minced chicken and doing things with chicken turkey like bacon, that? turkey bacon, chicken no, sausage? No. There's too many
2: animals mixed together. And the thing is, it's not animals mixed together. It's just one type of meat, pre- like presented in a different format. But because I'm, because I'm so triggered by the, the hearing like chicken and the word sausage together. I'm like, I can't deal with it.
1: Ch- chicken at breakfast makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I, I like eating chicken, but not at breakfast. You're
2: right. It's not. Eggs, fine. Chicken, no. No. <laughs>
1: uh, chicken
2: byproduct, yes. Uh, <laughs> chicken itself, no thank chicken you. Chicken
1: original, yeah. no. Not welcome.
2: Not welcome. Okay, finally, welcome, not welcome. Uh, <laughs> to Instead of saying to go for a wee or to pee, to say to go for a whittle. Whittle? W i d d l e, Widdle. Whittle. It sounds like. Can some... have a whiddle or a piddle. It sounds. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, sounds... <laughs>
1: <I'm> gonna... <laughs> it sounds like someone with a lisp. A whiddle.
2: A whiddle or a piddle. <laughs>
1: so, uh, growing up, we would say piddle.
2: Yes, I I I, I toyed oh. with saying piddle or whiddle, and I've decided just to say them both in the same the same sentence.
1: I'm gonna say not welcome because, just saying them out loud it really creeps a little, me little out. too cutesy it's too cutesy <laughs> just what would you say now you need to go to the bathroom you need to go to the restroom need to i say coffee. bathroom
2: i say bathroom and restroom obviously because america mm-hmm. but if i was back in the uk i would say i need to go for a wee yeah because we're a lot more open to just discussing the fact that we're going to urinate in the in the toilet yeah. whereas i'm gonna go defecate yeah exactly whereas in the u.s they don't they don't want you to refer to anything you're doing in there you just have to say the bathroom very mysterious even if there's no bath even if there's absolutely no bath in a lot of cases
1: yeah. But in the UK, when you say, oh, I need to go to the toilet.
2: Yes. They also, I've also heard that American people think that's disgusting. If really? You say like, I'm going to go to the toilet because it's like, I'm going to go to the toilet. They don't, they don't want to hear reference to the actual instrument in the bathroom, which is the toilet.
1: In the same way that you might say, I'm going to need a convenience break or comfort break. Comfort break. what? Yeah. Let's like, well, go for a piss.
2: <laughs> go for a slash. That's a my favorite slash. quote from a... Uh, from Patsy on Abfab, which thought I need a slash.
1: <laughs> welcome. Anyway, welcome,
2: welcome. Yeah, Patsy's having a slash. Welcome.
1: Thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. We hope you're all well out there. Please get in touch. Just give us a give us a shout. Say hi. Do it on Instagram. Do it on email. What's the email phrase? There?
2: You're welcome, America podcast at gmail.com. And you're welcome is UNR, you not YOUR. Thank
1: Lovely. you. Lovely. We will be back uh, in a couple of weeks.
2: Yes, and we're. Drag Race UK recaps are coming to a close fairly soon, I think, because we're a little confused about when we're releasing this, and we will be having our next Your Welcome America presents series coming very, very soon. So yes. get excited about that, people!
1: But in the meantime, if you are listening to Drag Race UK on on your on all your pod shops, just Google. <laughs> oh God, I've done it again! On all your pod shops, just search for Drag Race recap. Go- and we doing, We're doing the UK ones. <laughs>
2: Google that in the pod
1: shops. <laughs> I've <I'm> done. Welcome. <laughs> Bye.
0: From Joseph? South Shields. I well, there were three of us in this marriage. I just want to say, Liam, come and have a go Yay! if you think are you know, you know. I enjoy cooking, bacon and stop working with Floyer.